What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am back with the best bets for the week in the world of mixed martial arts. We have, uh, I suppose, a couple of big uh, events this weekend. We have the PFL and the UFC. Now, when I say this weekend, I say that loosely because the PFL is on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, so make sure to tune in for that. And then the UFC is on kind of Friday night if you're in the States. Um, or well, Maybe it's Saturday morning. Yeah, it's like 8 a.m. maybe Saturday morning. Uh, so very, very... Odd time for me here in Ireland. I'll be able to watch it during the day. It'll be clashing with Man United and everything like that. So, um, yeah, we'll have, uh, for once, we'll have a Saturday night off and maybe we'll even have a Sunday off as well. So, absolutely fantastic. But having said that, it doesn't change the bets. And uh, we uh, we will be over in, obviously, Singapore for the uh, UFC. Uh, for Sorry, for the, yeah, for the UFC. And in, in uh, MSG and NYC for pfl um there's also a contender series as well uh the contender series is another one maybe i will look at the bets this week because it'll probably uh the show will probably be out a little bit earlier because of pfl and all that but normally uh the betting prices aren't out when i record the show for the the the, the next week and it usually the show usually comes out on a tuesday or a Wednesday, so it's a little bit late for this week so maybe we'll have a quick look at the contender series prices if they are uh, if they are villain which i think they are Right, let's have uh, a quick look at last week before we get to next week. Um, it was a bit of a bloodbath last week. Not going to lie, not going to lie. After the great run we had there over the space of, what, seven or eight weeks, we, we have kind of come crushing back down to earth. Although the week before last was three out of four, so we can complain about that. But we've had a few one out of four weeks, well, three of the last four. No, no, sorry, three of the last five have only been one out of four. So not amazing, but look... Uh, we'll, we we have to take the bad times with the good And we had uh, a lot of good times this year So hopefully we can turn that around again But last week, uh, one out of four on the bets And the flyer didn't hit that flyer I gotta, I gotta stop picking Amanda Laybrook as my flyer honestly, honestly, I've done it twice now And she's got destroyed both times So yeah, the, look if, if that's anything to go by Back to knockout the next time for Laybrook But yeah, no, she got destroyed in there Um... I think I was a little bit unlucky, honestly, with three of the other four bets. Uh, first off, uh, Bogdan uh, Ganinko over in um, KSW. He ended up losing in the second round, but look, my bet was basically that he would get him out of there in the first round, and he so very nearly did. Came out like a madman, uh, but he did end up losing. Uh, the one winning bet we had was Nathan Kelly at minus 275. I actually think that came in a little bit oddly. Uh, it was a very, very good fight and a very... Um, uh, even a lot more of an even fight than I thought it would be, to be honest. Uh, so the the bookmakers had it right, um, uh, more so than I did. And even then, I think the, the they didn't have it totally right because uh, uh, Nelson looked absolutely fantastic in there. But uh, Nathan Kelly absolutely deserved to get the win there, and and we got one bet there. Uh, Zhang Weili inside the distance. How unlucky, like, you know, she almost finished her, uh, I suppose, in the, was it the second round, and definitely in the fifth round anyway, but didn't, and then Aljon Sean over two and a half rounds. I think a lot of people called me kind of uh, out on that last week, because they were like, I said in that, uh, in that uh, preview that I thought it'd be an even enough fight, and, you know, it could go longer, uh, and everyone was like... Johnny uh, O'Malley's not going to make this an even fight. Aljo's going to dominate, and you know, it turns out it was the other way around. <laughs> so maybe we, maybe we both got that one wrong. But uh, either way, yeah, that wasn't a great call. But I think the other three were not um, 
were not bad calls. Uh, obviously, one won and the other two were, were a little bit unlucky. So we go again and we uh, come at the new week with a new Jean de Vivre, right? Um, as it's a little bit early this week, um, not all the... Um, uh, not all the inside bets are out and everything, not all the prop bets are out and everything. So I'm going for four straight bets this week and I'm going for a parlay. So I'm going for a parlay for my flyer of the week this week. So we'll get uh, we'll get to that in a second. But let's start off. Uh, I have two from um, uh, PFL, two from the UFC, and in a, a PFL parlay as well to end us off here. So, right, first bet of the week I am going for is Shane Burgos. Um, and he is minus 120 as we speak right here, right now. Now, that may change. Please keep an eye on that. Uh, the longer the week goes, obviously, we're not too far out from it now. Obviously, coming out and wins it. But um, I think him versus Clay Collard is a very interesting fight. And I just recorded my preview for that before I, I record this. And I kind of, as I was doing that, I kind of talked myself more into my Shane Burgos pick, at especially at that price. Um... I think Burgos, because of what happened, I suppose, in the Auburn Mercia fight, because of the fact he didn't make it, I suppose, true to the playoffs, and it took, you know, what happened to happen for him to make it true, that maybe we have, like, a slightly, uh, you know, negative thought about him at the moment, when maybe we shouldn't have, or, you know, maybe maybe it's good for the betting uh, folks that, that there is that about him, but, like, Burgos... Burgos, to me, when he came over to PFL, I think people went a little bit crazy, like, oh, this is an, an unbelievable sign, the UFC are d- 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 you know, distraught to lose him and all. He's a good fighter, don't get me wrong. I, n- I never thought he was going to be, like, a game-changing fighter or anything like that, but I think didn't there was that overreaction, but then there was an overreaction to maybe the Oba Mercia loss because of that overreaction, when there maybe shouldn't have been, considering how good uh, someone like Olivier Aubameyang actually is. So, um, I feel like if we stay in the middle of it, we will get a, a better look than the people going kind of mad on both ends. Um, and that's kind of what I think I have done on my preview for, for this card and what I will uh, try to do here as well. Um, Clay Collard and Shane Burgos is probably going to be a banger, right? As I said in the previous one, I tried to kind of half-top myself out of it, to be honest, um, because there, the way Shane Burgos spoke uh, at the fights the weekend about how he's going to win at all costs and all made me think, uh, for the fight itself, it mightn't be the best fight in the world, possibly, but for the bet, I think it is... That is a good thing, right? And I'll explain that in two ways. The first way is, right, if this turns into the fight that I suppose uh, people are not expecting in that it is more of a lower-paced fight and someone maybe does something to change the fight in terms of grappling or whatever, uh, who is more likely to do that? Now, if you'd asked me this a while ago, I probably would have said Collard because we've seen him doing a bit of uh, a bit of the grappling and stuff like that. But Burgos, you know, has submissions in his arsenal. Uh, uh, you know, five knockouts, five submissions. He, he's well able to get the fight to the ground and do it there. But like at this stage of his career, at this stage of his PFL run, I think he badly needs a win. That million quid is up on the line as well. Let's not forget that. And I think he one the one side of it is I think he could attempt to wrestle Clay Collard. 
Clay can be taken down as well, right? Clay has good takedowns, but I don't think he's the best defensive wrestler in the world. If Burgos has been working an awful lot on that, that could be one path to victory for him. The second path, I think, and the second point of it is, if um, Burgos is a little bit um, more willing to kind of get inside and to land all of his shots than just to kind of stand in the pocket and rain down shots, which he seems to be, I think that will massively benefit him because you do not want to get there. there I, I was looking later on, earlier on, they're the same height and all that. You don't want to get the end of the Clay Gollard, Collard jab. He, even though they're the same height, Collard is a longer fighter. He fights longer. He jabs well. He throws his one-twos down the middle and all of that. If you're Burgos, and he naturally kind of does this anyway, you need to get inside. You need to land those hooks to the body, land those kind of, uh, you know, your straight shots, but then your hook's coming up over the top. That will get you clinched. That will get you a takedown and stuff as well, just naturally. So I think that's what he needs to do. And, you know, part one, sorry, part two plays into part one here. Um, And I, it's a smart game plan he needs. And he spoke about having a smart game plan. Um, If you're collared, right? What, what what he always struggles with is that, you know, people getting inside him, people taking him down. If you let him fight at the end of his jab, even if you're coming on along with a lot of big shots from that position, he's well able to take you apart. Uh, so if, if Burgess does that, it's going to be issues. But I think he'll turn it into a bit of a war and all that. Another point as well, and maybe last point I'll make in this. If it does turn into that where Burgos is landing a lot of shots inside and Collard is kind of landing his own as well, first of all, I think Burgos hits harder. Um, but Collard has been in there a long time now. You know, he's only been knocked out once, but what is it, 33 fights to 30 years of age. Burgos is only, what, 20. So that's a lot less miles on the road for Burgos than it is for, uh, for Collard, even though he's a couple of years older than him. And I don't think that's played a factor in Collard's career uh, recently so far, but if it turns into that sort of fight, it really could play a part here. Um, I do think as well that Burgos is, as I said, the power advantage is with him. And if it turns into a fight that goes long and it goes to the judge's decision, that power is obviously going to be all important. So going for Burgos in that. And spoiler alert, he's part of the, the parlay too, but we will get to that. Um, the second man I'm going for uh, at PFL is Sadabu C at minus 150 um, uh, he's fighting Carlos Leal in a rematch of the fight they had last year and I went back and I watched that fight uh, about an hour and a half ago or something like that and it was a very interesting fight to go back and watch because you, it's it's been three fights since that for Sadabusi, right? He beat Danilo Taylor to win the million, uh, and then he finished Al Shalawi, and he finished Shane Mitchell, right? Uh, Carlos Leal has had, uh, I suppose, a similar start to run, finished Zavada, finished Danilo Taylor. But I think what Sadabusi has become as a fighter is something that wasn't necessarily there when he fought Leal the first time. And what I mean by that is he kind of got through, he got, you know, the massive Rory McDonald uh, opportunity. He won that. He got through Miranda, got through Taylor, and then won the million. And I think since then, he's not been just getting through. 
He's been winning. He's been dominant. He's been putting uh, putting beatings on people, but also like smart beatings, if you want to put it that way. And I think, and the reason I'm going for him at minus 150 is that price is probably based on the first fight more than anything else and how close that was. Like when I came and looked at it uh, there yesterday, I was like, oh, that's a bit close. And then I looked at their histories and I was like, oh yes, the first fight, let's go back and watch that. And when I did watch it, it, it explained it all. But Sadabu C fights the same way, but with a lot more danger for his opponents right now. So let me run you quickly through the first fight. The first fight was... All out pressure from Leal, Sadabusi picking him apart for the first round from the back foot. But with Leal doing well to cut off the cage and land these pressures well. The second round, won by Leal by pushing him against the cage. And in the third round was Leal kind of getting a little bit tired and Sadabusi picking him off the back foot again. So the difference between that Sadabusi and the current Sadabusi, for, well, first of all, Leal needs to do the exact same thing. Push him back, cut off the cage, push him against the cage. That's how you win this fight. There's no doubt about it. Maybe you get a big knockout in the middle of that. Maybe you get a takedown, you submit him. Simple enough. I don't need to say any more about Leal on that one. But for Sadabusi, he needs to do what he did in the first and third round, but with what he has now. And that's his power, his finishing ability, you know, those big knees he throws, those big leg kicks he throws, the big right hand. He started to throw even more. I think he is a lot more confident of a fighter. He's always an intelligent fighter and he has just upped it since then. Right? You might think, Shani, it's only it's only a year. It's almost a, a year to the day. But he he always had it in him. This just brought him out. Now thirty six years of age, he is hitting his prime and he's a very, very, very good fighter. He won the first one, right? He won the first one with everything kind of going for Leal. And if he won the first one like that, and he has improved since, I find it very hard to see him not winning this one. Uh, and that's why I'm going for Sadabusi. I think he is, uh, so, as I said, so improved. I think he's going to catch him with something. And I think uh, I think he'll end up putting him out at some stage in here, and I can't wait. for it. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very intriguing fight. It might not, again, it might not be the most uh, entertaining fight in the world, um, we'll see that in a minute, into my opinion, but I do think it's going to be a really, really, really uh, intriguing one. I do think that. So I'm going for Sadabusi in that one. Right, let's talk about the UFC. Um, the first bet I'm going for here is I'm going for Ryan Spann uh, to win in his fight, and uh, he is obviously taking on Anthony Smith uh, in that one and the price on span is let me just check there for you minus 150 so same price obviously to the the last bet there um look i'm going for this more based on smith than span um and i know they fought before and i know smith one obviously got the, the finish i just don't think anthony smith is in the place he was a couple of years back uh when in fact that was his last win um, obviously lost to, to Johnny Walker and, you know, got dominated that one, got dominated against Ankoliev. Um And I, I think at 35 years of age, funnily enough, because he's a year younger than C, I, I just think he's kind of trying to be on the way out a little bit. Uh, he's obviously, you know, the podcast and the, the work 
on the on the um, on the broadcast and everything like that, and for a guy who's what fifty odd fights deep nearly, it's you know it's it's a lot. It it is a lot. Um, Span as I said, like since that fight, okay, he's gone two and one. He's got two very good knockouts against Kutalaba and Reyes, uh, and lost uh, with a submission to uh, to Krilov. And look, that's that's in in a nutshell what needs to happen here. He needs to keep the fight off the ground. And he needs to land his big shots against Anthony Smith. Like, I think Smith um, recently has shown when you are standing up with him that if you have the power of someone like Span or, say, an ankle eye ever Walker, that it turns into, and, and this is maybe a little bit unfair, but it turns into survival mode at times. And if Span, and like, I, I remember watching Span's fight recently for one of the, one of the previews coming up, and like, he he does get caught an awful lot, right? With submissions and things like that. But he's also like he he, he can wrestle if he, you know if he chooses that if he gets in a good position. And sometimes you think right rather than you getting taken down and you getting submitted, why don't you take him down and why don't you you know try to submit him? Like he has twelve submission wins, you know he's only six knockouts. Um, he can very much do that, right? And what I I I think if if you look at Anthony Smith's losses, right? Walker, Ankalaev, Rakic, Glover, John Jones, Chagas Sanders. It's all really good athletes he's losing to, right? The guys he's beaten, uh, no, Lee Span out of it for a second, but Crew, Clark, Gustafson, Odzimir, Shogun, Rashad. You know, there's some ga- good athletes in there, make no mistake about it, but lads kind of, some of them a little bit older and some of them not as good of athletes as the guys who I mentioned he lost to. But you have to make this, if you're Span, and I think he will, Make this a fight where Smith is kind of put into that mindset of like, oh no, I'm going that way again. You know, this is going negatively. And I think if you put Smith into that mindset, I think it's, uh, and and like this is more based on that than I think anything technical or anything that I'm going to throw at you here. I just think Smith is at that stage of his career where, you know, he was always great at talking and always, you know, always a tough guy in there. But if that no longer holds up in the cage, it's it's a bad, bad situation. And Span needs to do that. Like, Span needs to, you know, he needs to do it now at this stage of his career. That brings pressure, but it also kind of brings a, a necessity. And I think that necessity will help him. And I do think it will be good. And I think he will win the fight. And the second bet I'm going for, I was very surprised with this price. Like, really surprised with this price. And it's Aaron Blanchfield. Again, at minus 150. It seems like everyone's at minus 150 there. But Aaron Blanchfield at minus 150 um, uh, to win her fight here. And uh, against Talia Santa, sorry. I just, I really love this fight for Aaron Blanchfield. I really do. Now, I'm someone who's admired Talia Santos, and I think she is a very good fighter. You know, and... You know, in that fight with Valentina Shevchenko, I was like, you know, Tal- Talia Santos did so well on the way into it. Even I was saying, like, she's, a, again, a good athlete, just like Blanchfield is as well. She did really well in that fight. Maybe she should have got a, an immediate rematch. But sometimes, right, and, and I heard, I heard not to quote Chelsea again, but I heard him talking about O'Malley, and it's like, sometimes it's just someone's time. And I feel like 
cold-blooded Erin Blanchfield it's just her time like the way she dealt with Jessica Andrade like okay de- dealing with Monty McCann and, and, and JJ Aldrich and Mar- Miranda Maverick is one thing but dealing with Andrade the way she did was just phenomenal was really 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 just phenomenal and like Andrade that was the fight as well where Andrade actually came out and she uh, you know landed a few shots and she she was fighting and she was live in there and Blanchfield still still came through it um I won, like, to be fair now as well, to, to Santos, that loss and that close, the split decision loss to uh, Shevchenko probably looks a little bit worse in retrospect con- considering uh, Shevchenko ended up losing in her next fight, but maybe it shouldn't really. Um, <clears throat> I just think, right, I think Blanchfield is a good enough fighter to not get... Uh, dominated in any place. Now, when I when I say dominated, I I like that's the <laughs> that's the loosest term of the word. I like, I think she'll probably win everywhere, right? So like Santos, if she get you know she has a few takedowns in it, she is fast, she hits hard. I think Blanchfield, like look at her groundwork against obviously Molly McCann, she destroyed her. But look what she did with those shots against Andrade. Look the way she submitted her, like three submission wins in her last three fights. And she can do it standing up, you know? She can land that big left hand. Um, she Look, she's only two knockouts in 11, but I think that's something that's going to improve as well. And she is, I really think she is someone, and again, I'm basing this one, I, I, the first two are very much based off technique and, and a technical uh, opinion. But this one, I think, is based on, I love I, lo- I love her nickname. I'd never realized before. Cold blooded, like it's based on more a cold blooded. This is her time. This is, uh, you know, t- two fighters who are very good, but it feels like one is destined to win it. You know, and sometimes when that is the case, and like when that's the case, it's very hard to unroll that if you want to put it that way. But also. When someone is, and funny I use the word on roll, when someone's on a roll like she is, like fighting last year, June, November, February, and now back again six months later, it it, it does feel like she is on that roll. And like, look at Santos is kind of the opposite thing. She fought in June of, uh, of last year and she hasn't fought since. You know, and it was seven months before that when she fought uh, as well. So it's, it's Aaron Blanchfield time for me and I really like that price of minus 150 alright uh, let's get to the flyer of the week and the flyer of the week as I said is a parlay from um, from over in, in uh, PFL I almost called it Bellator there maybe soon it will be Bellator who knows um, and the parlay is plus 385 and I'm going for uh, Oba Mercier uh, Megamed Megamed Karimov Michelle Montague and Shane Burgos so just to quickly maybe run through uh, the the three of those. Um, so uh, we obviously already spoken about Burgos. Oba Mercia, first of all. Uh, he's fighting Bruno Miranda. Um, and he's minus 400 uh, in that fight. I... I I think Miranda's style, you know, he fights out of Novo Nyao and he's kind of that go forward, land his big hooks, Muay Thai type of style. I think mm, Omar Mercy at minus 400 is just going to deal with that. I, I call him my preview, control, control. The, he's a controller, you know. 
he controls everything and I think he can control that fight I think he'll keep him at the end of the jab I think he'll push him against the cage maybe he'll even get a couple of takedowns in the midst of all of that um, and that's the way I see that one going uh, Megamed Megamed Karimov he's fighting Solomon Rinfro who I think is a good fighter uh, he's minus 649 which is a big price in there obviously he wouldn't be betting that straight up but Rinfro has a good takedown uh, and he, he throws some big strikes, but I think Megamed Karimov is going to win the takedown battle. If he does get taken down, I think he get back up. Um, and I don't think he gave Rinfro the opportunity to land his strikes. I think Megamed Karimov uh, is going to be on the front foot early here, get the big takedown. Like, the one I would compare Rinfro to uh, in uh, in Magomed Karimov's, I suppose, uh, recent career is uh, Ray Cooper in terms of he's a big hitter on the inside. Um, I don't think he's as good as Ray Cooper. I don't think he hits necessarily as hard. And we saw in some of those fights, look, he did get hit and knocked out by Ray Cooper. Don't make no mistake about it. But he did get lots of takedowns against him as well. And I think that's the way this one will go as well. Uh, we spoke about Burgos. Obviously, he's minus 120. And then minus 120, Michelle Montague as well. Um, she is a, a really decorated IMAF competitor. She is uh, coming in here against Abigail Montez. And this one will be one based on size. She's a genuine 145er. She's Kayla Harrison's training partner. Um, she's 3-0. Montez, a very good fighter. Probably a better fighter, but I think she's a 125er, not a 145er, and this is going to be problems here. Uh, she's just going to be too big. I think she's going to take the fight to the ground, and I think she's going to get the submission. So, uh, Oba Mercia, Mega Meg Karimov, Montague, and Burgos, the four uh, person parlay, uh, plus 385 on that one. Right, so those are the five bets. Let's look at uh, some of the other prices from this weekend. Um,. The Contender Series, I said I'd mention that. Um, the one fight I want to look at, uh, the, here, here are some of the prices. Uh, Pereira against Dos Santos, plus 165, minus one, uh, 215 for Dos Santos. Uh, Verbeek and Lindgren uh, is a fight that is minus uh, 245 for Lindgren and Verbeek plus 185. Uh, Elia Anarov, minus 110, minus 120 for Zach Reese. Uh, there, Pugello and Ring is very close, but minus 110 here. But the fight I want to talk about, Oban Elliott, if you haven't seen my interview with him, please do. Really open, really, really good interview, even if I do say so myself. But please check it out. It's, it's He speaks really well. But he is, you know, probably the cage warrior as well to number one contender now uh, against Kai Brito, who is the cage, uh, the uh, Octagon champion. Uh, Brito is minus 150, minus 120 for Oban Elliott. Very interesting fighter, very even fight. Brito is a very good fighter. Fights with kind of that open stance and looking for those big hooks inside. With Oban Elliott, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's a good wrestler. He's a good boxer. He does it differently in every fight, improving in all areas as well. That is an unbelievable fight. I'm going to go with Oban. Maybe call me a little bit biased, but Oban plus money. I'd probably go with that. If it was the other way around, maybe you go the other way around, but I, I can't wait for that fight. Uh, PFL, we've obviously gone through almost all of these now at this stage. Some of the undercard fights there. Um, Alexi Perganda, I really like him, but he's minus 1,000. I do think he will win. I like Coop, uh, minus 150. Uh, obviously, Montague, as I said, minus 120 there. Um, Alcatanian Zellner, minus 400 for Alcatanian. I think that is a bit steep. 
Uh, I do think he will win, but if Zellner was, Zellner's plus 275, if he was plus 375, I'd probably put a bet on him, but I think not enough there. Uh, and as I said, look, just quickly, the top four fights, minus 110 for both Collard and Burgos. Uh, Miranda, plus 275, Oba minus 400. Uh, C, plus one, sorry, minus 150, plus 110 for Miranda. And Megamed Karimov is the minus 649 favourite over the plus 400, Solomon Rinfro. Get in the UFC. Um, as I said, recording this very early, so the props aren't out yet. But feel free to have a, a look at them. Let me know in the comment section below what prop you're betting on. Um, Chan Sung Jung is obviously a massive underdog. Plus 500, minus 800 from Max Holloway. I think we all know how that's going to go. We spoke about Smith and Span. Um, I actually had um, Jiga Chikadze as one of my bets for this week and changed it uh, late. Um, I, I, I really like that price I think he's going to bounce back well here He is, uh, let me just check here again Minus 225 Plus 188 for Alex Caceres Now Alex Caceres, I do think he can be a little bit underrated at times But I do like Jigga uh, in that one I think that's a good price um, We spoke about Blanchfield and Santos Obviously um, And a few of the other fights on it Chidi and Jaquani, I like Chidi Chidi's plus money here, plus 100 uh, Minus 125 for Mikhail Eilisheshuk The thing about him was I, I was looking at that bet as well He's only been knocked out once in his career And he's fought Jacob, he fought uh, Kelly Roundtree Like, isn't Jaquani going to be able to get the knockout And if he can't, what's going to happen there later? I avoided it for that reason. Uh, I like Aldrich. She's a big favourite though. Minus 600 over plus 440. Ling Nan, who lost her first two uh, UFC fights. Song Kanan trying to bounce back from the Ian Gary loss. He's plus 200 over uh, Rolando Biota. Minus uh, 250. So, um, yeah, that's the kind of the top and bottom of the bets for this week. And, uh, yeah, we leave it there. Just to recap, my five bets for the week. Burgos, minus 120. Number one, number two, Salabusi, minus 150. Minus 150 again for Ryan Spann. And minus 150 for Aaron Blanchfield. And then we have the Parlay Flyer, plus 385. Oba Mercier, Magomed Karimov, Montague, and Burgos to get you the plus 385. All right, everyone, I will leave it there. Thank you very much for tuning in. Let me know your bet for the week in the comment section below. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com, and I'll see you all next time.